Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Start Local, a podcast focused on helping businesses in Chester County and the greater Philadelphia area as we try to navigate through the COVID-19 economy. My name is Joe Casabona and I'm here with my co-host Liam Dempsey. Liam, how are you? Joe, very well. How are you doing today, bud? I'm doing very well, thank you. And today's guest is Eric Goodmanson. He is the Vice President of Business Development at Pegasus Technologies. Eric, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for being with us. Uh, So today our topic is going to be around uh, what small businesses can do to be more secure and more productive as they work remotely. But why don't we start off a little bit with who you are and what you do? Sure, you bet. Uh, So my background is computer science. Officially, that's my educational formal training. Uh, But I've been doing IT services professionally for about 23 years now. Uh, For the most part, it's been in Chester County and the surrounding areas, uh, working at managed services providers, which are basically the IT department for companies and nonprofit organizations that don't have their own internal IT departments. That means we take everything from oops, I forget how to double click with my mouse, all the way up to we've had a major ransomware incident, we have to migrate firewalls, servers, clouds, whatever the case might be, and, and everything in between. Fantastic. So it kind of sounds like you're uh, an IT department in a box, right? You you can go to multiple companies and help them solve their problems. Correct. Awesome. Eric, in, in my experience with IDP, IT departments, it's always plan early, plan early, plan early. And I don't think it would be uh, too overstating it that nobody really expected the economy with all the lockdowns to happen and certainly not to happen at this, at such a, the pace that it has. Certainly we we heard uh, last last show from Mike Grigolonis of the CCEDC that a lot of businesses were caught off guard, and, and, and understandably so. So knowing that businesses can't start to plan for this in November of 2019, what is your advice to organizations that can work remotely in terms of the services that they provide for their clients and customers? What should they be doing now if they're not currently configured to work remotely? What's what are quick things that they can do to roll that out, to get up and running as quickly as they can? Well, I think the, the reality from an IT perspective is that IT is a very thankless job. We're accustomed to just things need to work. Uh, there's no uh, luxury of, of planning uh, from a business standpoint, often from our perspective anyway. Uh, however, we love planning and we would love to have as much planning as we possibly can. And to that end, we're often doing a lot of planning before we've even been asked to do that planning because we want to be prepared so that when we're told to execute, we're ready to go. Uh, so a lot of businesses, the reality is if they have reasonably good IT support, they already have a lot of systems in place. It's probably just a, an issue of education where the management and the operations folks within that business needs to know what tools they have at their fingertips, probably what tools they've already paid for uh, that maybe they can start leveraging and start using to truly run their business. The way I like to approach it, it is not technology first. Uh, technology is just a, a tool that's used to accomplish an organization's goals. So, you know, if, if people are thinking about it, you know, we have this new technology, how can we shoehorn it into our operations? Uh, I, I think that's doomed to fail. Uh, I think the reality is you need to think about what do your people need? What do your clients need? What do your employees and vendors need? 
what do your partners need? And you have to be a partner to them and use technology to enhance that partnership. So certainly I'd be happy to get into some more specifics if you like, but from an, an, an overall standpoint, you have to have that perspective or else it just won't work. I think that's a really great point. I mean, you mentioned that your background is in computer science. I uh, also have a degree in computer science. And one of the things that uh, at least the people I've worked with love to do is say, this shiny new tool just came out. We should use it. My first question is always, do we need to use it? Do we already have something that's helping accomplish our goals? Um, and so uh, as we kind of get more into this, um, how, do you, how do you figure out what your people need? Uh, is it about talking to them, getting feedback? Should you have already known this before today or before this hit? <laughs> well, hopefully people already know that before uh, this. we're in this pandemic crisis right now. Uh, but even if they don't, now it's a great opportunity to, to learn and, and find out and deepen those relationships. Um, I would certainly be doing regular calls you know, with my staff. I'd be doing regular calls uh, with my clients and with my vendors to really figure out what their needs are, their wants are, what their challenges are, uh, and how we can help each other. Now, when I say call, um, you know, that's where we can maybe, you know, transition to some technology, right? Because a, a telephone is not as personal as an in-person conversation. Uh, so how do we make that more personal connection so that people are a little more uh, open to sharing what's truly going on in their head. Um, and so some things that they could use for that certainly would be video conferencing. Um, you know, sometimes video conferencing, people are a little bit shy to try it. Uh, but I think the video conferencing has, has really taken off. If you look at some of the uh, new account numbers within some of these video conferencing companies, and they've been sort of, you know, gradually going up. But once this pandemic hit, uh, they just skyrocketed. It, it's, it's huge exponential growth. Um, and I suspect, if I may make a prediction, that, that video conferencing is probably here to stay. I think that the United States really lagged behind a lot of areas in the world in terms of our resistance to, to video conferencing. We like to be private and secure and, and block all that stuff out. Um, but the reality is it, it just has enabled so much more empathy uh, because it's not just what you're hearing other people say, but it's your, you can visually see their reaction and hopefully have a more meaningful dialogue with them as a result. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds like the way forward for sure. Talk to me a little bit about the kinds of questions that you would be asking of your clients. You know, maybe those who who aren't up to date with their with what their needs may be. What what should business owners be asking their teams, be asking their employees? What, what should the conversation look like to get a better understanding of what their real business process needs are? I would start with, you know, what do they need in order to service their clients uh, at the same levels they were previously, or perhaps even better levels? Um, because at the end of the day, it's all about that, that client relationship and, and meeting expectations. Um, so much of, I think, problems with telecommuting comes down to, to inappropriately set or inappropriately assumed uh, expectations. Um, you know, when are people working? How available are they? How quickly can they respond? Things like that. Uh, so even if you're not doing a, a video conference call every every two minutes, uh, which, gosh, I hope you're not because you probably won't be able to get much of any work done if you're video chatting all day long and worrying about your virtual backgrounds and things of that, things of that nature. But um, the reality is there are other tools, too. Uh, you know, perhaps instant messaging, uh, you know, perhaps more efficient use of, of email. Um, 
perhaps uh, you know some some more synchronization of, of files so that it's not just a, I saved a file I uploaded it or emailed it here it's okay well let's let's collaborate on this file in real time uh, so there are a lot of tools in the IT toolbox that people can use and they've been around for a long time it's not like these are brand new and like I mentioned earlier a lot of organizations probably already have these tools within their tool belts they've just never bothered to to go looking for them they've never had a need. Uh, but now by communicating with, with staff, communicating with, with clients and figuring out what do people need to do their job, um, you know, it's time to then say, okay, what tools do we need and what tools do we have? Um, and, and I think there can be a lot of really excellent matches there that have just been waiting to happen. And this is their time to shine. Yeah, absolutely. I um, When you said that, it made me think about Google Drive, Google Docs, something that I'm sure we've all been using for a long time. But uh, I've heard people in the last few weeks say that they've never used it before. This is the first time they're using it. And it's just really interesting because it's been such a core part of what I've been doing for years uh, to see that people who actually have the need to collaborate in real time use use these tools now. Yeah, and Google's not the only player in town for that, although they were certainly one of the big ones to to really uh, to enter that field. Uh, Microsoft Office 365, uh, or whatever it's now going to be called, because it's going through some renaming process right now. Terrible timing, by the way. I'm not sure why they pick now to rename everything, uh, but um, you know they have some really good solutions for that too. So some people are, are opposed to Google. Some people love Google. There's lots of pros and cons there, uh, but the point is there are multiple platforms. Uh, they they work across different platforms, whether you're on a Chromebook or an Apple or a PC or something else. Um, you can still take advantage of that collaboration. You don't have to be a complete Windows shop or an all Google shop or an all Apple shop. Um, you can have a very mixed environment and, and still have everyone being productive and nobody feel like they're feeling like they're isolated. Eric, I want to ask you about, about how Pegasus technology is changing the way it works. Um, my understanding of IT, and I am no parts IT consultant, is that it's a mixture of remote work and on-site work some point you just got to get behind the machine or the server or whatever uh demonstrate the right click in in person versus uh just logging into the server how i guess what i'm wondering is is what kind of lessons could you share for other businesses that have a mixture of being able to or needing to serve their clients on site as well as doing some remote work finding that balance particularly or transitioning in a time when we really can't just pop into their office and, and, you know, move that plug or do that kind of stuff. What, what have you and your colleagues been doing that that might be of value to share with others? So historically, I think you're absolutely right. Sometimes there's, there's no substitute for just, you know, Hey, drop what you're doing, drive to a client site. You know, we have a technician hop in a Pegasus truck and, and we roll the truck over to the client site and even if it's just as simple as plugging in a printer, um, you know, that can make all the difference in the world to, to making that person's day, you know, happy uh, and making them satisfied and letting them relax to get their work done and focus on what they really need to work on. Um, the reality is we can still do that because Pegasus is, is an essential business, uh, you know, as any classification goes. So we can roll trucks, we can send texts to where we need to go. Uh, but the reality is we, we do care about our clients, we care about our staff, and we don't want to roll a truck, you know, for just some sort of random reason. We want it to be a, a true justification, you know, some something that rises to the occasion of it being worth the risk, because the reality is the whole risk equation has, has changed uh, in this pandemic landscape that we all find ourselves in now. 
Um, so we're doing a lot more remote support. Um, within our team, uh, one of our core means of collaboration is we, we always worked uh, in the office. Uh, we didn't really do a lot of work from home, which I think surprises a lot of people in the IT space. But again, we just felt that to enable that maximum level of collaboration and, and uh, the superior level of, of partnership we give to our clients and, and keeping our teams coordinated, um, you know, we, we like to rely on, on in-person, uh, you know, face-to-face -face communication for a lot of it. Um, throughout is we're not doing that now. Um, our office has been closed to the outside world uh, since before this pandemic really took off. Uh, we did it, uh, you know, trying to be cautious and trying to protect the, the health of our team members. Um, and then eventually we got to a point, you know, pretty early on in the process, we said, you know what, um, you know, we sent more and more people home to the point where now it's, it's you know, everybody's working from home by default. We do have a, a very, very small handful of people that are working physically in our office, and it's because they would prefer to walk in our office as opposed to their home environments, because their home environments just aren't aren't you know conducive to, to work and their, their preferences to come into the office and that's their choice um, but the reality is we're taking advantage of a lot of these same sorts of tools ourselves for the first time um, i can't recall us having a single video conference call uh, before this pandemic started and now uh, it's become the new standard where if i'm talking to somebody else within the company i'm not reaching for my cell phone i'm opening up microsoft teams and we're having an encrypted communication with video chat back and forth with each other um, we do a, a weekly all company call uh, via teams um, so it's, it's kind of fun to see everybody up on the brady bunch squares and, and you know making it happen but um, we've had a lot of adjustments we, we're still going on site to clients even today um, but it's it's more for emergencies and critical emergencies where you know their business is down unless we were to go on site and, and help them. And certainly we're using a lot of uh, personal protective equipment to make sure that they stay safe and that we stay safe. Uh, but uh, we need to get the job done because we're essential. Wow. Um, to that end, uh, I without kind of giving away too much information about your own clients. Um, what kind of on-call service calls are you doing uh, and, and like versus kind of remote? Um, and I guess another way to word that is how many of your clients are still on site versus moving to remote? Uh, we do not have one particular vertical that we focus on. Uh, we have several verticals that, that we support. Uh, so many of our clients are, are in um, uh, food supply chain stuff. Um, so Chester County has a lot of agriculture in it. Uh, whether it's a, a dairy, uh, whether it's a mushroom farm. Uh, but the point is there, it's something that is supplying uh, the rest of the food chains that we can all, you know, stay well fed during this pandemic. Um, those organizations still need to, to keep on rolling along. And they've had a lot of changes in their clientele, um, you know, based on their demand and how they're distributing product, but they need to distribute that product. And the reality is uh, that is all 100% dependent on computers. You may not think of like, a cow uh, or a mushroom growing to, to need a computer to function. But the reality is it, it does not just for, uh, you know, yielding the, the most product, but also from a traceability standpoint, because if somebody gets sick from something that they ate, we need to be able to trace back, you know, precisely which room did that particular mushroom come from or which cow, you know, originated that milk, uh, something like that. Um, 
So we have a, a lot of those kind of clients that are still going on with, with you know, in-person uh, facilities. A lot of clients are shifted remotely, whether they're, they're say, like law offices uh, that are working remotely now, uh, financial advisors. A lot of people are very, very upset and concerned about what's going on with their money and their retirement. They still want to be able to talk to people about it. Uh, so they're calling our clients that are financial advisors, and they're all working from home. I don't think they've seen their office for a month now. Um, you know, and we have other clients, uh, I can think of some hair salons, for example, where it's a, a chain of hair salons, you know, they're all normally integrated and, and electronically talking amongst themselves uh, and each other so that a, uh, the management can see the numbers at all the, at all the firms at, at a glance. Um, but the reality is they're all shut now. Uh, those businesses are for the most part shut down because hair salons are, are closed. They're not considered an essential business. Um, so we have a, a mix depending on our clients um, and, and their individual needs. Some of them, their individual needs have, have changed a little bit. You know, some of them might have had some remote staff or no remote staff, and now they've, they've sent as many people as they can to be remote. So some of those those firms, um, they're, they're using remote technology for the first time at these kind of widespread levels, and, and they need a lot of hand-holding with that. I can tell you when this pandemic started, if we look at our service request history, um, it, it hit some really high numbers uh, in the first few weeks of the pandemic. Uh, so, you know, as many companies were, were struggling and everybody was in shock and, and things were really just sort of shut down out of paralysis, um, we were busier than ever uh, because people were, were, were sort of adjusting to this new reality. Uh, we've seen over the last couple of weeks, though, people, the kind of service requests we're getting, levels are still a little bit high, but the reality is most of the, the type of work is more uh, in tune with you know, people wanting to do new things or people wanting to uh, engage in things that they don't work, they're not working quite the way they expect, something like that. You know, how do I do this better uh, as opposed to, hey, I want to set up remote access for the first time. Thank you. That was a really helpful, uh, in-depth answer. And I just, I just want to thank you just briefly for a little bit of levity with the Brady Brunch squares. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you. Thank you for, for allowing us to laugh a little bit at a, at a time of stress. <laughs> One last question for you. Uh, you've talked a lot about preparation in, in clients who have already begun the digital transformation process, or maybe they're already down the road. For those organizations that hadn't been there, and this is probably smaller firms, but those that hadn't been there, where do they start now? What's the first step for them? Uh, you know, I, I could see it being get in touch with an IT consultant, but I imagine you folks are still kind of busy. And not to say that you don't want new business, but you might not be able to help as many small organizations get off the ground as, as you'd like to be able to do. So where would they start? What would, what would be some first steps on that? Appreciate you don't know anything about these, these imaginary businesses, but you know, just general guidelines, please. <laughs> well, sure. No, that makes sense. Uh, to give you some, some background, uh, our, our typical clients range from about 15 people that are using computers uh, up to about 800 people that are using computers and, and everyone in between. Uh, certainly, we do have exceptions to that. But normally, the, the driving thread that unites all of our clients is they need computers, they need information technology to be working well, or else their businesses can't function. Um, they can't say, I'm going to put my computer aside and go do paper filing for a few days so that that wouldn't function. They're dead in the water if their computers are down for more than 10 minutes. Um, but that said, you know, the economy is made up of all different sizes of businesses, not just the one size of business that, that we fit. Um, so we've been trying to load as much information as we can onto our blog on our website, um, just to be a resource out there for anybody that, that needs that assistance. 
Um, so there are certainly some very specific things on, on our blog, on our website about how to work efficiently remotely, uh, different tools that are available out there. Uh, many of them are free or they're a freemium type model where maybe there's like a base level that's that's available at no charge. And if they want to start using it for an extended period of time or an extended amount of data, then then there is a, a monthly fee that starts to kick in. Uh, but Pegasus isn't typically collecting revenue from those things. It's just, hey, these are some tools that are out there. We need the economy to function, like go, go to it. We're here as a resource if you need us. Um, the one thing though, to answer your question that, that a small business uh, needs to focus on right now and, and needs some help with and they may not even be aware that they need some help with it and need some attention on it is cybersecurity. Uh, we're seeing a massive uptick in criminal activity that's going on right now. Uh, the reality is everyone's under attack, whether they're an individual, small business, large business. Uh, the reality is that the workforce and people in general are chaotic right now. They're distracted. Uh, they're not paying attention. And so phishing emails and other cybersecurity attacks like, like ransomware infections uh, are, are just absolutely out of control at the moment. And people can't lose sight of, of that sort of basic cybersecurity training. Um, we've had some clients say, well, we don't want to think about education and training right now that we normally do because we have other things going on. It's like, no, you, you have to think about cybersecurity right now. You can't let it go. Wow, that's, uh, that's something that's interesting and something that didn't really cross my mind, though I did see uh, a message going around to not accept calls, people of saying people from the IRS about their stimulus money because the IRS does not call you. Uh, and that was just something that I wouldn't have thought of until it was put in front of me either. So that's, that's a really interesting thing to think about. Well, particularly when you think about all the government programs that are out right now designed to help small business and people are putting out lots of sensitive information, social security numbers, bank account numbers, routing numbers, all this stuff out there. Um, and, and there's really serious opportunity for it to go to the wrong place or for you to receive a phishing email that says, hey, we received your application, but we need you to enter this additional verification information or we need some, uh, some whatever. And, and people are, are falling for it left and right, unfortunately. And it's pretty easy to happen because these criminals are, are very, very sophisticated. And the reality is a lot of these government application websites and things were, were thrown up very, very quickly uh, to, to get the money out as, as fast as possible. Um, and so they may not look as, as professional. People aren't used to doing that, so they don't really know what to expect. Um, so it's, it's pretty easy for a criminal to, to jump in there and, and take advantage of, of people at this time of need. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, that's a, I think, a great way to uh, end this. And Eric, thank you so much for your time. Uh, if people want to learn more, where can they find you? Uh, easiest way is go to our website, pegasustechnologies.com. And uh, we have offices in Kennett Square, Wayne, and Media. We service southeastern PA and, and northern Delaware. Uh, but there's a lot of other managed services providers all doing uh, similar things to us. We try to be more personal about it. Um, but, uh, you know, IT is here as a resource and a tool to, to help you uh, run your business in this time. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for listening to start local again i'm joe casabona and uh i'm here with my co-host liam uh liam you want to play us out yeah absolutely eric just another another thank you really appreciate your time i know you're busy but lending your experience to the local chester county area businesses uh means a lot to me and to joe so thank you very much and we'll see you soon oh my pleasure liam yeah thank you thank you joe thanks so much to eric for joining us this week 
I thought it was particularly eye-opening the stuff that he said about uh, different collaboration tools and and the conversation we had around that because it's really eye-opening for people who have been working from home or working remotely for years versus people who are thrown into this world and I think Eric provides some really good perspective on that so thanks to him for joining us this week if you want to get more information or the show notes you can head over to startlocal.co slash zero zero two if you liked this episode be sure to give us a rating and review in apple podcast it really helps people discover the show and until next time stay safe out there <laughs>